okay, and what might help us. So, we're going to hear, they're on the screen from Romans 8, 26. The Holy Spirit helps us when we are weak, when we do not know what we ought to pray for. The Spirit himself speaks to God for us. The Spirit... The Spirit speaks to God with deep feelings that words cannot explain. The Spirit knows our hearts and prays for us to do what is right in God's good plan for everyone. Brilliant. Thank you, boys. Thank you. The Holy Spirit knows God's bigger... Sorry. Me and my assistant will be your host today. The idea of the game is to guess the Bible story. To help you, we have a picture of the story up on the screen. Unfortunately, it has puzzle pieces on top of it. To remove... Can we have it up on the screen? (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) To help you, we have a picture of the story up on the screen. Unfortunately, it has puzzle pieces on top of it. To remove a piece of the puzzle and to have a chance to guess that Bible story, you will need to listen as I read out a question, and if you think you know the answer, run up to the front. If you get the question right, a piece of the puzzle will be removed, giving you a glimpse of the picture behind. You then get the opportunity to guess that Bible story. If you get it right, you are the winner. No prizes today, just glory. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, let's go on with the game. The first question is, can you name a fruit of the Spirit? Run up to the front if you know. The Holy Spirit? Mm, not Close, quite. not quite. Wisdom. Wisdom, not no, quite. quite. Okay, let's have another one. Got nine. Kindness. Kindness, is kindness one? Um, yes. 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 <gasps> yeah, wait, 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 Elisa, wait. We're going to, we have revealed... A piece of the picture. Ooh. Elisa, can you see some sky up there? Yes. Can you think of a Bible story with sky in it? Um, Jesus feeds the 5,000. Is it Jesus feeds the 5,000? No. Not this time, but have another go later. Next question. When the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, what could be seen above the disciples' heads? A fire. Yes! Spoilers for next week, everyone. Okay, can we have another piece revealed? (gasps) Ooh! Can you guess what it is? Jonah and the whale. Is it Jonah and the whale? Yes, it is. Let's reveal. (laughs) Can we have a look at the whole picture? Way! Well done, Nate. Very good. <laughs> well done. That was that was very fast. Just from the top of I've got so many stories in the Bible with a boat. Okay. I've got a lot of things on here. <laughs> so um 
I'm going to speak more about how we can hear God's guidance and why it is important. But first of all, I thought I'd do a little visual to help start off my talk. So I'm going to need another three people. I think a lot of people involved today. Um, three people. Yeah, do you want to come forward? Great. Yeah, do you want to come? And Thomas, yeah, that's great. Okay, super. That was three, I think. One, two, three. Brilliant. Can you come to the front for me? I'm going to give you a few props. That's it. Come up. Quick as you can. <laughs> That's it. And Elisa, I think, was my third person. Elisa, are you going to come up? Brilliant. Super. Okay, you're going to stand on this side. Right. I'm going to give you all a little roll, and we're going to imagine a scenario. So, Elisa, here's some sunglasses. And I'm also going to give you this apron to wear. It's a bit crumpled, sorry. There we go. Okay. It's also quite big. How are you? <laughs> Can you face the front for me so I can tuck behind? Brilliant. There we go. Okay, and then on the other side, I'm going to give you to hold this and this. There we go. And so basically, we've got two people here, and then in the middle, I didn't really know what props to give, so this is God. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. I didn't want to be heretical and get it wrong by giving him anything which shouldn't be in his hands. So um, we've got three people spread out a little bit. That's it. Super. Okay, hold it really still for me, Thomas. Perfect. Now, Elisa here, I want you to imagine, is someone who loves being outside, and they really want to have a barbecue and invite lots of friends this weekend. So they turn to God, his God, and they pray to God, please God, let there be sunshine at the weekend. I wonder if any of you have ever prayed for sunshine. I certainly have, and it's lovely this morning. But on the other hand, at the same time, we have a farmer, and their crops are getting really dry, and they're despairing, and they don't know what to do. So they turn to God, and at the same time, they also say, God, I pray that there is lots of rain this weekend. What do you think God's going to do about that? <laughs> Tricky, there isn't an answer. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. Maybe some of you might have an idea. Okay, do you want to put down the things? That's fine. That's a little scenario I'm going to talk about, but I thought it was easier to see it. You can go and sit down. That's it. You can always take it with you for now, Lisa. That's fine. Okay. So, thank you. You can go sit down. Or you can stay here if you like. It's up to you. Do you see the problem that might happen in some scenarios? People ask God for something which is good for them, but another person at the same time, it's not good for them. And this can happen in lots of different scenarios. So someone might be like, I pray God that you would give me rest. At the same time, someone else is praying for them to step up and, and go out and do things. Or you might have uh, someone who perhaps is praying, like, I really want that person to be nearer, to live nearer. At the same time, they're praying, like, I want to be sent out and I want to go away. <laughs> uh, or you might have, like, one football supporter in one stand praying for their team to win. And in the other stand, on the opposing team, they're praying, may their team win. And God has two completely opposite prayer requests at the same time. What does God do? It's very tricky. How do we know what God really wants in all of these scenarios? Now, at the start of the service, we heard a little bit of Romans 8, and I'm going to read you the next verse on, which is verse 28, which says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. 
And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. And so at the start of the service, that's why I showed you this jigsaw piece. We don't know the whole picture sometimes. So it's tricky to know our little bit and how quiet we should pray because we don't know the bigger picture on what is good for other people. However, God knows the whole picture. So if we speak and act, he will work together all things for the good of those who love him and who have been called to live for him. And so when we're praying, that's why it's helpful to have the Holy Spirit guiding us as we pray so that we know what it is perhaps we might need to do or um, how we should live that would be in line with God's big picture for good. So unlike these two people here who had their shopping list, this is what I would like. We're transformed as we pray to learn what God might like for us to do. And so we're going to use the story of Jonah to try and like understand this a bit deeper in different scenarios. So I thought I'd just re-go through it uh, using that as kind of a framework. So overall, looking really simplistically in the story of Jonah, I think God's big picture for that was for the people of Nineveh to change their ways. That was kind of the objective overall. And so Jonah was told by God to go to Nineveh. But of course, Jonah doesn't want to go. And so he did a lot of groaning. I wonder if you've ever been made to go somewhere that you really don't want to go. It's harder probably when God's telling you to go to that place as well. But although God had told him to go to Nineveh, Jonah decides to do his own will and flee away in the opposite direction uh, to Tarshish in a boat. And so in the passage in the Bible of this, it literally says he ran away from God. And I think that's really interesting to know. He ran away, both physically, he got in a boat to go in the other direction, but also it's saying he ran away from God. So I think spiritually as well, there's something going on there. Now, instead of this ruining God's bigger plan for the good of the people of Nineveh, God instead doesn't think, well, Jonah's off track now, so that's it. God continues to guide Jonah back on track as part of his big picture for the good of the people of Nineveh. And so God sends a storm, which is something God seems to do in the Bible when things go into sea. He sends a storm because that's going to sort it. And the boat begins to sway and the sailors, you saw, looked very worried. And so it says, all the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God. And I think that's a really interesting thing to note as well. They cried out to their own God, so clearly they don't believe in the God that Jonah did. They didn't believe in our God. And so they threw cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But then they found out that Jonah was running away from God. And so they asked him about his faith. And Jonah said, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. But the sea kept getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Because they're just worried they're all going to die. (laughs) And Jonah says, pick me up and throw me into the sea, and then it will become calm. I know it's my fault that this storm has come upon you. Now, of course, the sailors didn't want to do that. I don't think any of us would like to throw someone overboard in a ship. So they tried to row back to land, but the sea just got worse. They decided they would try calling out to Jonah's God, our God, the Christian God. And they said, please, Lord, don't let us die for taking this man's life. Don't hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. 
And so they took Jonah and they threw him overboard and the sea was calm. And at this, it says in verse 16 in the passage in Jonah, at this, the men greatly feared the Lord and made vows to follow him. So I think there's a few incredible things here where Jonah's gone off track. So Jonah is fleeing from God and yet God can see the bigger picture and uses Jonah's choice to run away as a chance for Jonah to share his faith with these sailors, even in this really crazy scenario. And without Jonah planning it, he becomes a witness to them. They come to know God because they can see how powerful God is. He calmed the storm, so he must be real. And I also think it's interesting because the sailors really didn't want to chuck Jonah over the edge. And yet through being guided to do that action, they saw the sea become calm and they could see that God was at work. So Jonah and these sailors did the little actions, the little jigsaw piece moments I talked about, where Jonah ran away and they put Jonah overboard. And yet God used both of these for his good purposes. So I think this message to us is that we must ask God to guide our actions and help use them as part of his bigger plan for good. And if God asks us to do something for him, even if we aren't quite sure why, if we test it, because the sailors definitely did some testing, if we test it and know it is him, then we should be bold and do it because we can't see how huge the impact of that action could be in God's bigger picture. Okay, so after Jonah's thrown overboard into the sea, it says... I love the verses in this book. They're really funny. It says, Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. That sounds awful. (laughs) Sounds horrific. I would not want to be in the belly of a fish. I can't think of anything worse. And I also can't think of anything weirder than God's thinking, Jonah's gone the wrong way. I know what. I'm going to send a giant fish to pick him up and take him back. But that's, we can't know God's mind of how he's going to guide and pull things together. And so in running away, I bet Jonah didn't expect God's way of bringing him back was to send that massive fish. But the fish actually, I think, did multiple things in this story, particularly for Jonah. So first of all, physically, because he was physically running away, it literally brought him back to Nineveh and spat him out on the shore. So it physically guided him back. It also brought Jonah back to God, so it spiritually guided him back to his father, and it also guided Jonah to pray, so it gave him a chance to reflect, to listen, and to be transformed as well. And I think this is a really important part of the story, because God used that time for good for Jonah, for him himself, I think. This is his preparation, ready to face Nineveh. And in fact, him being swallowed by a fish probably was better than he should have followed God's command. But actually, God's used this journey to make it better than if he'd just gone straight to Nineveh in the first place. As without this journey, I don't think he'd be so ready to face the people there because he wouldn't have had this time of heart transformation himself. So I wonder, have you ever had a trial that God has then used for good at another point? Let's give you a moment to think. Have you ever had a trial which then God has turned around and used for good. Jonah prays in this passage, In my distress I called to the Lord and he answered me. Even though it wasn't the initial prayer he wanted to pray, going to Nineveh. Then he calls to the Lord and he answers. And so finally, the last bit as I wrap up, he spat Jonah out at Nineveh, and this verse makes me laugh too. It says, And the Lord commanded the fish 
and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. That's what the NIV says. (laughs) Um, So it seems that Jonah has been guided back on track, and so God speaks to him again. Uh, And it's a bit like we've gone back to the beginning, but this time Jonah's a bit different. So it says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. And so Jonah obeyed. Woohoo, that's a good thing. And the word of the Lord went to Nineveh. And Nineveh was a large city, and it took three days to go through it. And so Jonah did God's, you know, his ultimate bit in this big picture. He went to the city, he preached God's warning, and then that the Ninevites, sorry, he preached God's warning that the Ninevites should change their ways. And it says the Ninevites believed God, all of them, from the greatest to the least. So God has guided Jonah as he spoke to them and transformed the hearts also of the Ninevites. So we see in this part, God's good purpose was to change the hearts of both Jonah and the Ninevites and on the way, the sailors. How incredible in all of their things they ask God. I don't think they realize how good the outcome would be if they followed God's guidance for everyone. And so I think the same thing we can learn from this passage is that the same is good for us. When we pray and are guided by the Holy Spirit, it transforms both us as we pray and the people around us. God shows us, us, shows us his goodness by leading us where he needs us and shows us our calling by bringing that fruit around us to show us we're on the right track. And so, like in this story, Jonah was a witness to others, the sailors. He was transformed himself. He prayed in the whale and he fulfilled his calling. He preached to the Ninevites. I think God wants that for us as well as we follow his big plan for good. Now, I hope lots of you might have made boats at this point. You're going to get one last chance to make them in the next song. If you have a boat, I want you to have a look at it now. In this story, there was a boat here. It lasted most of the time. It fell down at one point, but overall, it held up okay. And um, I was looking up how sailing boats work, because I didn't really know. And so I found on the internet, uh, apparently, I don't know if this is incredibly simplistic, but it said, uh, very simply, the forces of the wind on the sails and the water on the underwater parts of the boat combine to propel the boat through the water. So I think the power of the wind and the power of the water help guide the sailing boat forward. And so I think you might sail your boat, but you are really relying on the wind and the movement of the water for it to move And so in the same way, what do we need to trust uh, to God for the Holy Spirit to guide us in? What are we not sure about? Is there something which is troubling us, a scenario? We don't know a good outcome. What is it we'd love the Holy Spirit's guidance to help transform us so we can go out and step out as part of God's good plan and know that he works all things together for his good purposes? So I'm going to, in this song, encourage you perhaps to have a think about something uh, that you would like God's guidance in, the Holy Spirit to guide you. Perhaps spend a moment talking to him and listening. But just keep in mind that God works all things together for the good of us when we allow ourselves to listen to him. So I'm going to have a song.